Come on in, guys. Welcome back to Talking Llama, U.S. Survivor 42, Episode 2, Matt Hambidge and Jared Sundin. couple quick things up the top. If you listen to the Australian Survivor recap, you know this. I'm on vacation this week, recording in a hotel. Sound quality may not be quite as good as we're used to, um, but it's just a one-week one week deal, and we'll be back to normal next week if this one is, is bad. The Aussie one was fine, not quite what I wanted, but it'll do for one week. Jared, this episode was a lot better than the premiere, I thought at least. I thought so too. Um, there's a, a few uh, kind of lighthearted, funny moments, but also some serious stuff too. Um, but it, it seemed to all work together pretty well. Yeah, it was more of a focus on the, the tribe dynamics and the social aspect, the camp life, and not so advantage focus. Obviously, we'll get to the first beware advantage that got found. But even that took up a pretty small part of the episode. And that was even a very entertaining moment as well, even. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Let's go tribe by tribe. I'll uh, start with the Ika as they come back from tribal council. And Tori, I don't I don't know what she was talking about. She's sad that she had to vote out Zach, which I get. But then she was also kind of sad that she didn't get voted out, is how it came across. Yeah, the comfort. The comfort is just so tempting that uh, she has to keep reminding herself that this is her lifelong dream. Yes, that kind of comment. Eric in Samoa, when he's in a tree for 23 hours straight, didn't make that kind of comment. She's in there for three days and votes one person out and is already maybe second guessing it. Like, what is happening? Well, I don't know if you know this, but this is probably going to be the hardest physical season ever so there's did, there's did, no did right. anybody say that this this time no yeah it, that has been actually a nice a nice surprise that they uh they haven't been hyping it up as much we got a little bit of it with uh with high and the the vegan thing but we'll get to that later we'll get to that yep um and then they showed a flashback to the to the zach vote in in game time that was what 20 minutes I, mean, I guess uh, I don't know how long the, the boat trip is, but nonsense. Yeah. 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 But it, it still sounds like Tori's maybe on the outs. Um, they're talking about um, keeping her comfortable. I think it was Romeo keeping her comfortable. So it's easier to vote her out next. Um, but then, oh, it, the advantage get, comes spilling out, starting with Drea, telling Tori and Swathi about her extra vote. And then immediately Swathi goes to Tori and says, yeah, we should vote her out. Too much power. Keep your mouth shut, people. What, like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is well, kind of related to that. Um, kind of not related to that, but this is like every season. These people make the same mistakes, um, and it's like I, I guess, like for the sake of understanding what's happening in the game, we need to know. Um, 
you know, these conversations are being had and uh, who knows what information. But I was thinking at one point, like the stuff about like, uh, well, I, it might it might be more relevant later, actually. But there's I'll just say there's certain things that seem to happen every season that sometimes I may just say, OK, I've I've seen enough of that. And uh, I feel like this is starting to become a thing, but it's also still funny because they screw it up every season by going and blabbing about everything that they have. I mean, it makes for great TV. I'm not sad about that part because you're watching people self-destruct in very preventable ways. But from a, from a gameplay, just, you know, a by the book type play, it's like, you're not feeling a pressure or a need to do this. You're just doing it because you think it's right. If you're backed into a corner and you have no other play, sure, go for it. And there are always exceptions. But if you're just, if you're in a pretty good spot, all you're doing is, is exactly what happened here and creating a target where there was none before. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I don't know. Like, here's one, one theory. Are they just so bored out there that like they... I guess they just, it's something to talk about and like strategize about. And that just helps fill their time. I was going to mention Dalton Ross was tweeting about that exact same thing where he's like, yeah, of course you shouldn't tell people, but when you're bored on an Island, keeping something so exciting, a secret just becomes exponentially harder. So that's probably part of it. But still, if you're, if you're like a super fan, as most of these people purport to be, you got to have that in your mind that I want to tell somebody, take that step back. Should I tell somebody or is that just the, the energy and the, the hyperactivity and lack of excitement that's getting to me? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, for whatever reason that just occurred to me tonight. Um, that's gotta be part of it. If not yeah. most of it. Yeah. Cause I feel like we're, we're kind of at the same point where we've seen this happen so much. And it's like, okay, there has to be a reason why we're not thinking of that that the worst strategic move is made <laughs> every time. Yeah, exactly. And we'll move right up right on over to Vati, where we see kind of the same thing happen. We'll get to that. Um, so Chanel and Jenny are out collecting crabs, which delicacy as far as survivors concerned, unless you're high, who is a vegan and uh-huh. is playing survivor. And is complaining, not necessarily complaining, but is worried about the lack of food options, which are always scarce, even in the best of times, especially now. Um, he eventually caves and says he'll he'll eat the crab, hopes that he can one day forgive himself, which I don't know his reasons for being vegan, but it seemed a little overdramatic by the way it was shown on 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 the on the episode. Yeah, that I I guess I don't have a problem with like the the forgiving myself line um, as much as I do with like, did you not think this would be an issue? Like you, you know what show you're going on. Like, you know that you're not going to have many options out there and you're like, Oh no. Like, I guess I'm going to have to do this now. Yeah, you will. You will. Now, to his credit, though, they hadn't seen 41. So he did still think that they would at least get rice. Yeah. But even still, 
you see every time every season players can subsist on just rice typically and the rewards are exactly. not exactly vegan friendly yeah yeah you might get some um, fruit at the merge feast or things like that at, at certain rewards but the meals are often going to be you know meat focused yeah or or at least vegetarian or meat focused if not if not full vegan and they can't just have vegan options out there for players necessarily i don't think at least um but yeah it didn't unless i'm sure he considered it and maybe just hit him harder once they kind of fully realized how hard it would be but yeah it it came off as he wasn't he hadn't really considered it ahead of time i'm sure he has but um the edit would like us to to believe otherwise i think on that one yeah and this is where i was going to save my other comment um you know when what do you say jenny and chanel were yep looking for or they're hunting the crab and you know you get you get the quotes from both of them ah, i'm from the city i i don't like being outdoors and i don't like bugs and okay okay that's that's what i don't need to hear every time a new group of people is on survivor like it's probably a good minute of television right there that it's like okay we know there's going to be people like this on the season I guess now I know who they are, but this does not increase my understanding or enjoyment of the episode in any way. Unless they approach it like Lydia in the premiere where she just lists all the things she's scared of and she's funny about it. This one is just like listing facts about yourself pretty much. Yeah, and not particularly unique ones. Correct. Copy and paste from every other season of, of Survivor. Yeah. Um, and then we get into the good stuff, the real good stuff. Uh, so... <laughs> So Mike, his deal is he's a hard worker on camp. He gathers wood, gathers coconuts, actually does that, then uses it as a cover as well to search for the idol. And of course, as we mentioned with High, they haven't seen season 41. They don't know that idols have changed at this point in the, in the show. And just as he's talking about how hard it is to find a needle in a haystack, wouldn't you know it, he finds the idol or the beware advantage. And it's this exact same as 41 all three need to be found. All three dumb phrases need to be said for them to be activated until they're activated or until you reach the merge. You have no vote. Uh, Mike's phrase is, there is such grace in a game of soccer, it makes me cry. Which, once again, I don't know, has your opinion on the beware advantage changed you know, full season out? I still dislike it, at least in the current format. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan Um I, I might be a bigger fan if the phrases weren't so stupid. Um, and this one is like on the lower end of stupid phrases. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, he, so he mentions that he coaches football and hates soccer, even tells his, his team that <laughs> soccer is not a real sport. It's just incredible. I, I absolutely disagree, but I'm, that's just, that's just an objectively hilarious thing to say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, he can maybe work it out pretty easily. Instead of saying he coaches football, he coaches soccer. And I often tell my players, there's such grace in game of soccer, it makes me cry. And he's, he's already been, been shown to be kind of a sensitive guy. So it might, it might fly a little bit. Um, but once again, as you mentioned before, this will be season 43 in what they do with their phrases now that players want to watch for them. Um, but then Mike tells Jenny, his closest uh, alliance member, and then he tells Daniel because he thinks he can form a bond with him. 
And then when he goes to show Daniel the idol, he can't find it at first. He says he puts it at one of the Ys where the paths diverge. And as Daniel tells us, there are 20 million different paths down <laughs> here. I, I almost thought he wasn't going to find it. That would have been incredible. I don't think that's ever happened before where a player literally loses an idol. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Um, I don't think it's ever happened, but if you look at the previews for next week's episode, uh, <laughs> it seems like this might not be a one-off issue. If this is a running gag, a running theme, for as long as he has this, I am. I was 100% all in. I'm a thousand million bazillion percent all in. If if every episode Mike just loses and refines and misplaces the idol over and over and over, I mean, just A-plus content as far as I'm concerned. So Daniel actually likes the twist, which I love you, Daniel. Now I'm just a notch below love, but I'll, I'll forgive it. But he, so he tells, he tells Chanel, this is what you do. If someone tells you about their advantage, you go and tell other people. This is what um, happens with, with Swathi and Tori. They work together behind Chanel's back or Drea's back. I'm sorry. Now they're now Daniel and Chanel are doing it. And their plan is they don't want to vote out Mike, but they want the idol to never be activated. So they're trying to convince Mike to never say the phrase, which on the surface, I, I like it from Mike's perspective to not be the first to say it because you don't necessarily want to out yourself to the other tribe or in Xander's case, where he has to say that dumb butters, butterflies thing over and over and over where it's clearly something is happening. I do like the idea of not being the first one, but how long can they manipulate him into not saying it is going to be the question. Yeah, that'll that's actually more interesting to me than like I, I guess I shouldn't say more interesting than who else finds the idols, but just the yeah, the idea that week by week it's going to be part of the show where they have to convince this guy to not say something. Like the like the the reoccurring storylines with, with Mike here are getting pretty solid. Yes, yes. Mike is a fantastic character. I'm not sold on his gameplay necessarily through two episodes, but he's likable. He's a hard worker. He's gonna do he's gonna do well in challenges. Maybe doesn't need to be, you know, an A-level strategic player to win if he's got the rest of that going for him. And this kind of these kind of actions can endear him to other tribe members too and really get them on his side just as a as a person. Yeah. Uh Hope he sticks around long enough. It sounds like, I mean, if they're trying to keep him around by and and make sure he doesn't say it, I guess that means that they got long-term plans with him. So hopefully we'll get to see him uh, for a while and, and see kind of like what, what path this continues to go down or if this is just like kind of a freak episode where he just was really, really erratic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think they have plans for him because Daniel even says one option is to vote him out and they immediately without hesitation by what we saw want to go with the plan that keeps him around. Now, if numbers become an issue, he is probably an easy vote because he's a liability with, without having his own vote. So he'd probably be first to go in that little alliance, but he does seem to be, be pretty, pretty well insulated for the time being, but fingers crossed that remains strong. They keep winning some challenges. Moving well, on I to... I got to I think one of the other interesting things that this whole scenario kind of told me 
is I don't remember us seeing Daniel and Chanel being like each other's number one ally. Um, so that was kind of an eye opener. It was interesting. Um, it kind of makes me, I, I just randomly said her name for who's going to win uh, last week. And if she's kind of aligned with like a strategic player is going to take some of that heat. I'm, I'm liking her game too. So um, that could be a kind of an interesting duo to watch. Yeah. I don't think we saw much of them in the premiere. Um, even with all the, all the natural time spent with the tribes in that two hour block. Yeah. I don't think we, we saw much, but yeah, that'll be one, one to watch. I'm um, if that is actually a strong bot. I'm assuming it is based on how they presented it uh, on to Taku and Marianne is Marianne. I mean, it, we already know what that means at this point. And Lindsay is voicing the concerns that we, that we and everyone else who watches the show has about her, that her personality in this kind of environment is going to be a lot. And Lindsay's already seen that she likes Marianne, Marianne, which is good for her, but she does kind of acknowledge that it can be a lot to be around. Um, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see about that. And it gets even alluded, alluded to later on, you know, she's kind of, she's trying to figure things out in the game and in life, it seems like, and that's coming across in how she interacts. And it seems like the rest of the tribe kind of views her the same way. They like her a lot. They love her, but the constant just being on is, is already starting to wear on people a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. More. I don't know. I, I don't want to say that it's like, wearing on me more than it did because that was a very strong first impression um yep. last week and and it was like this obviously you know when they highlight those types of things in the edit like you get a feel for okay yeah this is this is going to be a lot and now even though we're watching it after it all happened it's like the players on her tribe are catching up to where we are with marianne <laughs> right now <laughs> and uh it's yeah it was predictable um but i i guess well yeah they they seem to still the pros outweigh the cons with her like in her tribe's eyes yeah i, I would agree with that that they recognize what might be coming down the road with just her personality type but they do seem to like her enough uh where it's not reason enough to vote her out right away but if they go to tribal next week or with these same numbers she probably wouldn't be that next to go barring a shot in the dark successfully being played um we get uh omer talking about his his muslim faith jonathan talking about his christianity Lindsay talking about her being a bad jew her words um and we've seen religion used a lot on survivor sometimes it really bonds people together Sometimes coach uses it to control people in a less than solid way to put it <laughs> nicely. So this, this time though, it seemed like even, even with Lindsay acknowledging that she's Jewish, but kind of in name only, it sounds like that just kind of talking about it still kind of brought that group close together. And that three seems like that could be a, a really tight three. If they make it through they, and with those players, they, they got strength, they got smarts. They could have, really do some damage if those three stick together for a long time i think i know it's it's weird though when you see a trio that strong 
like i guess they've only gone to tribal once um so yeah it's it's like kind of reminds me of the whole malcolm and denise thing um in philippines where you have like this very tight-knit duo um and even with with russell uh like very physically strong um group and it's like wow yeah these three really have something and then it's like how do they keep losing everything that they're doing um so i hope that's not what happens with them i want to see it through yeah i i i'd agree um but yeah i i like those three individually and i like them as a as a trio so i hope they win a few more challenges or even if they lose that they put out marianne next just so those three can stay together not that i don't like marianne um but omer and and john jonathan maybe especially are getting a little close they've got nice nice obvious power couple moments here i mean jonathan is literally making him jewelry like day five whatever what what are you doing you cannot be that i i love it but as a from a gameplay you cannot be that out front and obvious with with that kind of relationship yeah you're like not only the most obvious physical threat but also like you're in the most obvious powerful duo i it's you know bold strategy they they referred uh what what did omer refer to uh him as he's like jonathan's his meat shield and he's jonathan's brain shield or something like that yep that was exactly it yeah so i mean is that how it works when you're both viewed as really powerful like are you shields when like you're also each other's like most powerful ally i have no idea I don't know. That that hurts my brain a little bit. Um, I think depending on which player is looking at them, one or the other will be true. But yeah, if Jonathan is in the meat shield to Lindsay, then Lindsay's not going to view Omer as Jonathan's brain shield. It's going to be one or the other. So I kind of get what he's going for, but how it came out, yeah, didn't quite make make the sense i think he thought it did i'm guessing he thought it was just a good soundbite and it was if that's what he's going for but yeah from a logical standpoint didn't really really track too much um that was it for for the tribes now we spent a lot of time on the tribes this this episode which which i loved that was kind of lacking at times in scene 41 with so much focus on the advantages that there wasn't a ton of activity on the tribe camp life and it resulted, which we'll get to, in very little time before Tribal. And we'll, when we get to that point, we'll discuss how we like that split. But I'm, I'm loving, the, loving the camp life focus so far. Yeah. Um, I think so far, yes, more balanced than 41 as far as like advantages versus camp life. Um, I don't know if that's, that's like a conscious decision that they made or I, I think there was a couple episodes in 41 where we were like, okay, yeah, they're getting more back to normal. Um, and it might've been the second episode. I don't know. Uh, so I, maybe that's just a trend with like how they go about editing episode by episode and early on, maybe they want to focus more on the, the tribe. Yeah. So not sure. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, I think it was maybe more of a byproduct of no advantages were found or given out 
at, at this episode. So they had to focus on that. I'm guessing it's going to be another up and down uneven season in that regard. So we'll see, though. We'll see. Uh, back to the immunity challenge or starting immunity challenge. Shades of Billy Garcia, Jared. Oh, we get, yeah. We get to the challenge and we see and the tribe see that Zach was voted out and Marianne is distraught. And she said that Zach is like every other white guy that she has a crush on. She she thought he could be a special guy, even <laughs> after saying zero words to him. Yeah, it, you know, I I would love to make the comparison here, um, but she just has such a more realistic take on it than Billy did. It's <laughs> like it seems like Jeff is kind of poking fun at her for how into this she is, and still, it's like a quarter of the commitment that that Billy was. Yeah, Billy Billy was all in. That's oh gosh, it makes me want to watch it again. Always and forever will be an all-time iconic moment. Yeah. Um, but Marianne's got a soldier on. She's got a challenge to get through. Mm-hmm. And it's a classic blindfolded challenge. You know how much I love these. I people know. Just like, people just bumping, running, smashing into things blindfolded. Always going to be funny for me. Always going to be gotta, funny. You got to watch out for the balls. You have to watch out for the balls. They can be fragile. Uh, this one, one person to caller instructs two blindfolded pairs to collect three bags of puzzle pieces. Then when they have all the pieces, instructs one still still blindfolded pair to finish the puzzle. Also playing for reward. First team to finish gets a large set of fishing gear. Second gets a smaller set of fishing gear, which looked still pretty darn good for a second place finish. Normally it's like line, like fishing line. I yeah, you know, I guess I don't I haven't paid that much attention to the uh, the fishing gear rewards in the past, but I I <laughs> just where you were going, you're like, yeah fishing gear and then a smaller set of fishing gear both really awesome and then the third team loses everything yep do up their flint um but yeah uh, another it's kind of their challenge kind of explains itself lydia though this is going to be in the running for best moment of the season did you catch one of the things she yelled during the challenge uh was it did she yell did she call them bitches or something like that yes yeah. Yes, she did. So so what I do when I watch, I have it on the TV and I have Paramount Plus running on my laptop in case I miss anything because it, it runs out on delay because it's internet. It's, someone just yelled bitches. They had to just yell that. So I pop on to Paramount Plus and watch the challenge, but it's just a challenge. And then I hear Lydia going, both of y'all bitches, come here. Just like, yes, you absolute queen of a woman. This is... <laughs> incredible yeah i i love that i love that she went for it and i love that no one said anything about it (laughs) i i bet there's so much more of that that gets that happens on this show that we just don't see people yelling screaming profanities and all of that that they either bleep out or edit over with some other sound effect or just cut out completely but i i love i think i think her saying it is just she was just herself in the moment, just got into it. That's what she would say in a normal situation. So she just said it. And I love that the show left it in there, like you said, that they didn't edit it out or cut it out. They, they knew they had a TV gold right there and just said, yep, we're doing it. We're keeping it. It has to be in there. Yeah. Um, and this, I guess, kind of goes back to what I said about her last week. And that's that there's like there's people out there that are just so authentic that like you can tell I mean, I think I was saying that on, on here. It could be something else that I was 
that I was talking about, um, different character on a different show or something, but like, there's people who are so authentic and she's one of them that like, they just open their mouths and you're like, wow, like that is a hundred percent her. It's a hundred percent genuine. Um, when she's just going down the list of everything she hates, like, it's like, man, there's, uh, not a lot of people that could just pull that off and make it funny. And she's one of them. And uh, this was another one of those moments where it's like, sure, if if the wrong person says it, um, probably not going to go over as well. But I thought it was hilarious. Yes, absolutely incredible stuff. Um, and it works. Uh, Vati wins. Ika gets second, avoiding the back-to-back tribals and sending Taku to tribal. And now one thing, I don't know if you caught this, that the second pair of blindfolded teammates that weren't doing the puzzle, they stayed blindfolded the whole time. They couldn't watch what was happening. Oh, commitment. And that was just hilarious to me. Like, I feel like in other challenges, once your part is done, you can remove your blindfold, if I'm remembering them right. Now, I don't know if maybe they could switch out puzzlers so they had to stay blindfolded, but just seeing two grown adults sitting on each mat, blindfolded, no idea what's happening. Just it, maybe it's not funny to other people or as funny. I thought it was hysterical. It was just an incredible visual. Yeah, I wonder if that was, so was that all the tribes? I caught, I clocked two of them, I think. And I don't remember them saying like, you can switch out puzzlers or everyone's got to stay blindfolded or anything like that. But there were definitely two of them were where the two non-puzzlers were still blindfolded. Hmm. Okay. Because then it would be, if that was the case and it's the show's decision, just keep everyone blindfolded. It's pretty good. But if they just forgot, like if the players forgot and just stayed blindfolded, not knowing what was happening, that would really, that would, that would be the best. That's that's good too. That's good too. Either way, it's 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 funny, and I'm I'm all in on it, no matter how it happened. Um, we get to, so for the pre-tribal, there was like what five minutes on this. It felt like. I mean, I first I thought it was maybe because it was foreshadowing a successful shot in the dark that they need more time for that. But I think it was just they spent so much time on the pre-challenge tribe stuff, and it it didn't seem like there was much interesting things to discuss here. It was very clearly a Mariah versus Marianne debate. They kind of accepted it. That was going to be one or the other. So there were, maybe there's, there just wasn't that much intriguing conversations to, to show for us. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was kind of wondering as all of it was happening, um, what they were going to do with the... I guess like keepsake that Mariah had that she was going to bury. And they never went back to that. Like, cause there's a lot that goes into that. I, unless I missed it, like, wait, so what, what, what I'm, what's that? I'm, did I miss, so, that from this episode? Yeah. It's her, like when her brother died, she had her little yeah, like, that necklace. Yeah. Right. And she said that she was going to bury it on the Island for closure. Like that was, gonna be like a big deal to her and oh i completely i completely missed that yeah and um like they i don't know if she thought she would have more time on the island 
or like if off camera she did that and we didn't know about it or like what but that's a whole different dynamic um where it's like do we keep her to give her more time to do this if she hasn't done it already or like if she's going home and we know she's going home do we at least give her a heads up so she can get this done like that was kind of an important thing i thought that they left out that would have maybe changed a few things but i'm like it's possible that she just wanted to do it in private and like they didn't air it or anything yeah that's now i mean i completely like i said missed that so that's a new little wrinkle um yeah because jonathan didn't mention that she wanted closure but i i i just thought that was just broad strokes that this journey or survivor experience was going to help with that or allow for that to happen. I don't know. I feel like if she buried it, it's the kind of thing, like that's the kind of moment he lives for these days. This feels like. Yeah. They, I mean, I think it would be very like satisfying and like meaningful for the viewers to see that. Um, so, and I, and I think like with her going out there and, you know, stating it publicly, like, well, not publicly, but at least on camera, um, yeah. that, that was her intention. It would be surprising if she also wasn't planning on doing it on camera. Um, but yeah, I, I guess there's, I guess we might need to dig a little deeper on the research there to see what happened. But um, it, it definitely would have changed a few things about how the tribe interacted, like as they went to tribal. Yeah, the the not on camera part is interesting. Except maybe the this day and age with where Survivor's at, if she had requested that this part not be shown, they they might just say okay to that. Um, and with the way season forty one and forty two have gone, I could see them accommodating that request a lot more easily than they maybe would have even just a few years ago. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, I'm I'm very curious, and maybe she can do it at. Ponderosa. I mean, her her survivor journey is still ongoing. Um, so I, I do hope, just on a personal level, that if she didn't get a chance to bury it in the game, that she can find a way to still kind of get the same process or ritual, however she's thinking of it, to, to get the closure she's looking for. Yeah, that, that, that did seem to be, or was very clearly, a very big part of her journey um, on how that's going to play out. So yeah, I, I missed that. I wonder if it'll come up in that you know, post vote breakdown if they talk about, you know, how hard it was to, to vote her out or anything. Yeah. And it, it could be, I didn't watch this far, but when they, you know, do the final little clip of like who voted for who and the person who got voted out gets like a few seconds to say their piece, like maybe she mentioned something about it there. I, I had not, I guess I didn't stick it through all the way. Um, to that point of the episode, but I wouldn't expect them to just like spring it on us after everything had happened already. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'd agree with that, I think. Um, but in terms of the actual vote, so obviously it is Mariah, um, but in terms of the Marianne versus Mariah debate, they don't really have a solid, like, we don't like this person or we can't work with them. That They're all six seem to be getting, getting along pretty well. So it's, you know, who do we get along better with? Who can help us, help us more between the two? And they kind of like Mariah's, for lack of a better word, stability, maybe a little more. She's got a, her 
a little more put together than than Marianne is. But but Jonathan says he really connects with Marianne, and that seems to be the driving factor in in his vote. Um, and did I did I catch when they're in the water? Did maybe I heard it wrong? And let's see if you even remember this part. Mariah suggested that they tell Marianne that she was the vote. Yeah, I missed that. I, I thought she said you should tell her what you're doing. Maybe. Yeah. And, and I'm gonna give her give her the benefit of the doubt that I either misheard or misinterpreted because when, when you have the shot in the dark, you I mean you should never tell someone they're the vote, but when they have a guaranteed possible out, like something they, they can for sure use, then you should never do it. So I'm I'm hoping I just misheard it or misinterpreted what I heard. I, I would hope so too, but yes. I can't I can't help you there. Yep, but then then Marianne she gets nervous and then she says, "What do nervous people do? They look for idols." So she goes looking for an idol, and Lindsay and I think it was Mariah come across her and she says she's looking for flowers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect, nailed it. And Lindsay's like, "Yeah," and she's very nervous. She's obviously idol hunting right now. Yep, they'll never Just, know though. They'll never know what I'm doing, even when I'm doing the obvious and and clear thing to do. Uh, she's young. She's young. Yes. Very young. Um, so then you go to tribal and it was just kind of tribal for me. I don't know if you have any, any real thoughts on, on what happened up, up until the, the votes. Part. No, no, nothing that sticks out. Yeah. So Mariah plays the shot in the dark, not safe. Um, she's voted out and a couple things there. One thing I one of the inherent flaws with the shot in the dark is that if you're noticing what time it is, you can say with pretty much guaranteed certainty whether or not it's going to succeed or not. Because if she plays it and she's safe, it either needs to be wasted and, and someone else goes home or there needs to be time for a revote. Or if she's not safe, then whoever the vote is, whether it's her or not, goes home. And when, when Probes, when she played her shot in the dark, it was like 7.57. So you know, okay, there's not enough time to do this, be safe, get in a revote, and get the the next time on, the final words and all that. So you knew no matter what, it was either going to be not safe or safe, but Marianne was the vote. Well, in Mountain Time, there was still over an hour left. <sighs> okay. Okay, I'll give you that one. I'm sorry I had to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess... Um, no, I, I'm so I'm on vacation and we've been peppering my 10 year old nephew with just dumb puns and, and dad jokes all week. I thought I could have a break for an hour, but I guess not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this show is for. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm not going to I guess consciously now I'm going to try not to look at the time. Um, that's not something that occurred to me this episode. So that wasn't that didn't really go into my thinking watching it. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it's it's small, and I try not to as well, but I think I was, like, sending a tweet maybe, and so I, whatever. I saw, I saw the time. I was like, oh, well, she's not going to work. Um, but also, when Zach played his, he had the scroll, didn't he? And he he revealed it to say not safe. I don't remember that if it happened. And I'm pretty sure Sydney in 41, the only person to play hers, did the same. And then this time... Probes revealed it. He unfurled and said, "said Mariah, Mar- Mar- yeah. you are not safe." Yeah. Why the, why the change? You know, that's a question for Jeff. 
I do think it's a little more dramatic when Probst does it because he's got the the flair and the je ne sais quoi, I suppose. Um, whereas someone else in their position, they're they're nervous and everything. They're just going to undo it and it's going to be what it is. But Probst kind of knows how to how to sell it a little bit more. So it makes sense that he's doing it. But it was just weird that the first two times it happened, the player revealed it, and then all of a sudden he just he just did it. Yeah, not. Uh, I guess maybe it's just a little thing that they're going to change that they didn't think need an explanation. Yeah, I mean th- that's probably what it was, but it just seems like a very odd thing to change during a season. I feel mm-hmm. like if anything, it would have changed at the premiere. They thought, yeah. oh well, when when Sydney did it, it wasn't as dramatic as we had been ho- as we would have hoped for. We'll have Jeff do it this time. Yeah, I know. It's like what what went wrong when Zach revealed it on his own? <laughs> You're like, we can't do this again. Yes, but you know, may, maybe they meant to and they forgot. That'd be hilarious, though. If they forgot a change they were going to make, as small and inconsequential as it might be. Yeah, wouldn't be the most important thing someone forgot this episode. <laughs> or next episode it looks like or next episode um well i mean that's that's the episode it was a good episode but there wasn't a ton you know strategy wise this this time around which which was fine there was a lot of good social dynamics and, and relationship stuff at play but not a, not a big time strategic episode but um how are you feeling overall which again only two episodes long way to go but feeling hopeful iffy where where's your head at after two weeks uh fairly hopeful yeah i think at least so far um the second time through this cycle of seasons like 41 and 42 it's like i think we'd both agree there's more emphasis on what's going on around camp so far um a little less time spent explaining all of the advantages but that i mean we thought i think there was times last season where we thought okay they're getting back to normal and then um the advantages picked up again in the middle of the season but i would say right now i'm i'm pretty hopeful um just because it seems a little more normal than 41 did yeah i wonder when you mentioned the explaining the advantages i hadn't thought about that that even though it's new to the players if they're assuming that the majority of fans watching or majority of the audience is our returning viewers, then maybe they don't need to explain in the, the, the weekly, the final edit of how the advantages work. Now I don't remember how much time was spent on that first beware advantage when Xander found it or Brad, whoever found it first, I think it was Brad. Um, and what's Brad either way. It doesn't matter. Whoever found it first and compared to the time spent when um when mike found it but i wonder if they'll because they, they are repeating a lot of advantages and twists we know that so i, I do that'll be one thing to watch is if they do kind of gloss over it a little bit for the audience kind of assuming that they'll know what's going on because if it is indeed the exact same yeah um and i guess the other thing related to advantages that i I might have caught earlier in the episode is when Drea was talking about, you know, like she had to risk, I guess, or they all made the choice to accept the extra votes and like, oh gosh, what, I already forgot what it's called. 
Ship Real Island, I think is. No, I don't, I don't know if that's the official name. No, it's the like the three extra votes that turn into the stolen vote that turn into the idol. What's that? Oh, the amulet advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she said something early this episode where she was like, I have an extra vote. Like, because we talked last week and we thought that you could only use it as a group of three and it's one extra vote for the group of three once you merge, right? Well, well, yes, but she has the extra vote from Shipwheel Island. Okay, so she has both. Yes. Or was it not Drea that was in the... No, it, it was her. She, okay. she got the actual extra vote and she has the amulet. So she has an extra vote plus a potential extra vote that okay. Okay. if they're playing the game properly will never be used as an extra vote. Yes. I, I want to see it happen though, just for the mechanics. If you have three people deciding on one vote, who casted it? How does that part work? Do they all need to like mark their apartment some, somehow? And what happens if someone doesn't do it? That part's kind of interesting, but I do. I still feel like it's a mechanic just to get people to turn on each other to get to get it to make to become the idol. Yeah, I my that just got my brain going too um, with the possibilities. Like, let's uh, we don't need to start speculating now that we're <laughs> ending the episode. But um, well, there's a shorter one. We got extra time yeah. if you want to speculate away a little bit. Well, let's let's say then um, that the first first vote post-merge um one of the three people pulls a blind side on one of the other two people involved and the two people well the person who was blindsided is aligned with the other person so let's say it's <laughs> yeah this is getting so so, so, it, so it's 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 drea um Lindsay, and Hi, I believe. So you have okay. the actual three people. To we'll use. do some hypotheticals then. Love it. Let's say that Drea blindsides high. And Lindsay was not in on the vote and she voted with high. Yep. So she, so then, I mean, that paints a pretty obvious target on Drea. Like where she would have to suspect, suspect Drea of, being part of that and then like if you're drea that seems like kind of an overly aggressive move to start turning that advantage more powerful and uh yeah that's that's probably what has me the most interested in the amulets um yeah i i was more excited when i thought they did not have to use them all together, but I think it's still there that they're like the possibility is still there that it could turn out to be something that we will spend a while analyzing when it happens. Yeah, that's been the thing about the advantages. Um, and I think the amulet's going to fall right in line with that, that I don't like the advantages themselves, but how it forces the players to play and kind of scheme around it can be interesting. But there's got to be a sweet spot you can make a non crappy advantage and still put some intriguing gameplay 
or interesting or innovative gameplay into motion with how they need to maneuver through that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm guessing that won't be the first new advantage, um, but I know got some of the dumb ones coming back. I'm pretty sure the knowledge of power is back. So on that one, but again, how they play it ended up being very interesting in 41, even though I hate what the advantage is, it resulted in a good moment. So little good, little bad. I'm guessing that'll be the theme of the season. Little good, little bad. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully more good. Hopefully. All right. Well, I think we'll shut this one down. I think the internet held up. I'll listen to this back and hopefully this is crystal clear, everybody. <laughs> um, but if it's not, I'm sure it'll be fine to listen to. Again, we'll be back to normal next week when I'm back in in my home and the reliable, steady, non-hotel internet. Um, but make sure you are subscribed. Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen, we're there. You can follow us on Instagram at TalkingLamaPod. Twitter at Lama Talk Pod, and be sure to also keep up with the Australian Survivor recaps. Getting down to the end of that, just a couple few weeks left, I think. Um, really fun breaking it down with Chris. So those, those are out weekly as well. Um, and then Jared and I will be back here next Thursday as normal for Survivor 42, episode three. For Jared Sunday, this is Matt Hambridge. And we'll see you next time for another Scoop of the Christmas.